Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers, and I am very excited about today's show. I have a very distinguished guest with me who's on a very tight schedule. And so I am very grateful to have him with us. We've got Dr. Woody Myers with us today. And let me tell you a little bit about Woody. An Indianapolis native, Woody is a proud product of the Indianapolis public school system and a graduate of Short Ridge High School. He completed his undergraduate studies at Stanford University and went on to earn his medical degree from Harvard University at age 23 and a Master of Business Administration from Stanford University. Throughout his remarkable career, Woody addressed important problems with every organization he has led, generating real results and leaving each of them stronger and ready for the challenges ahead. Early in his medical career, he worked as an emergency room physician and teacher at the Indiana University School of Medicine. As a young doctor, he saw firsthand the impact that the disparity of income has on health outcomes. Patients with the best health insurance often received the best health care, while others did not and has spent his career fighting to change that. At the age of 30, Woody was the youngest to serve as Indiana State Health Commissioner and held his appointment under both Democratic Evan Bayh and Republican Governor Bob Orr. As health commissioner, Woody effectively led over 2,800 employees, oversaw five state institutions, and worked every day to improve maternal and child health, chronic disease control, childhood immunization, and prevent health care services, preventative health care services. During his tenure, Woody helped make Indiana a leader in AIDS education and gained national recognition when he fought to keep Ryan White, a teenager with AIDS, in school when his school district banned him following his diagnosis. In addition to being a doctor, Woody is a small business owner who has advised nonprofits and large health care companies on improving their products and services for the benefit of patients. Over his career, Woody served as the medical director for Indiana's largest health care company and as chief health care officer for Ford Motor Company, where he worked with union officials to develop safety programs and high-quality comprehensive health care benefits. Under Woody's leadership as the chief medical officer at WellPoint, Inc., he led the nation in measuring and improving the quality of health care for workers and their families. As a nationally recognized and accomplished leader in public health, Woody is uniquely qualified to lead Indiana in its fight to improve access to affordable, quality health care and to reduce prescription drug costs. 
Woody lives in Indianapolis, Indiana with his wife, Stacy. Together, they have five children and two grandchildren. Please help me welcome today my special guest, Dr. Woodrow Myers. Woody, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I, uh, I, I do need to mention to everyone, I did not uh, want to give it away at the beginning, but uh, you are the Democratic candidate for the governor of the state of Indiana. I am indeed. And, uh, I, I declared yeah. my candidacy back in July of uh, 2019, and I've been uh, working as a candidate for now uh, almost 14 months. Uh, having uh, received the uh, the approval of the voters in the primary back in June, uh, and I'm working really hard because we've only got 75 four, uh, 74, 75 days left uh, before the election. Yes, indeed, and I am so grateful to your team and and your lovely wife for giving me an opportunity to uh, speak with you as quickly uh, as, as they made that happen. So we're threading the needle. I know you're in between campaign stops right now. So, again, I'm very appreciative that you're here with me today. And thanks again to your lovely wife, Stacy. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does a great job. Yes, indeed. So, so, so Woody, I wanted to um, uh, mention that there was a video that your campaign put out uh, just a few days ago, and I happened to see it at about 6 o'clock in the morning. I think it was actually Tuesday morning when I saw it, and it was quite powerful. And the title of the video was A Broken System, and uh, you shared a number of uh, stories uh, in your experience uh, being a black physician, uh, regarding racism, and I, I, I want to start there. If you would sort of uh, uh, share with our listeners a few of those stories, because I think that helps set a context for the further discussion that we'll we'll have in just a moment. Well, I appreciate the the uh, the, the reference to that video. Uh, the uh, advisors to our campaign uh, um, uh, interviewed uh, me uh, many months ago, and uh, when I started talking through some of the things that had happened earlier in my career, they uh, they made a decision that we should figure out a way to to uh, condense those stories uh, in a way that the audience could understand uh, that the uh, the racial injustices that uh, so many are are now uh, recognizing in some cases for the first time have been with us for quite some time. Uh, I have uh, experienced them uh, throughout my my life in in, in various uh, doses and various uh, situations and, and and geographies and and so what we did in the video was to talk specifically about some that uh, that we we ex that I experienced in medicine. Uh, people usually don't think of healthcare in the same context as they do uh, in the criminal justice system. Uh, and of course, both in law enforcement and in medicine, the vast majority of people are trying to do the right thing every single day. But, but even in healthcare, uh, we we experience and, and uh, we have experienced and continue to experience racism. Uh, so one of the incidents occurred uh, when uh, I was a medical student uh, and volunteering uh, on on the weekends to learn uh, uh, emergency medicine, and I was dealing with a a young 14 uh, year old patient. 
who had been unfortunately out drinking uh, and was uh, inebriated uh, and uh, had a laceration uh, on his scalp. Uh, and uh, I was uh, was uh, suturing that laceration, sewing it up. Uh, and uh, this young man was uh, was really uh, pretty uh, pretty sloshed, as we used to say, uh, and uh, was kind of in, in in and out. And, and uh, he looked up at me uh, as he woke up when I was uh, was doing the suturing, and in a very loud voice in a very large room with lots and lots of people. And this was one of the old open war- wards. Uh, used mm-hmm. an explicit uh, explicit term uh, that that we now refer to as the N word, uh, and mm. uh, and said that term to me, and said, "What are you doing to me?" Uh, and this is a 14 year old, and I'm his doctor, uh, and uh, you wow. can imagine the, sh- the shock in the room when that happened, and and uh, you know, I, I, I there there was a part of me. Uh, that wanted to go out of doctor mode. Uh, that wanted to go uh, <laughs> back into that mode that uh, that I had type, uh, passed on uh, when when I was a teenager. Uh, but then the the doctor of me quickly uh, gained composure uh, and uh, and uh, and I I stopped suturing him and said, "Well, let's call your father, uh, who I'm sure would love to know uh, that you have been drinking tonight and that you're in the emergency room. Well, let's let's have him come down." Uh, to the ER uh, because you can't be released as a minor. And uh, so whatever he's doing, uh, he's, we're going to stop him and have him come down here uh, and, and, and see uh, whether or not uh, uh, I should suture you. Uh, and, of course, that 14-year-old knew very well that that was not the right decision to drag his dad out from wherever he was to come down. And uh, so I, I continued on. But can you imagine the, the, uh, the, the room that I was in, I was the only African-American person in the entire room. I was a medical student, uh, and, uh, and this, and this kid, 14 years old was, was, uh, was, uh, was, was, was saying these things. And, uh, as you might imagine that, that could be a little unnerving, especially when you're trying to help someone. That was just Absolutely. one of the stories that we told uh, uh, in yeah. the video. There was, uh, there, there was one more, maybe I'll mention, uh, uh, that uh, we uh, we had a, a young 17 year old. This is now when I'm an intern, uh, who uh-huh. uh, was had a uh, uh, had a disease that's pretty unusual for a kid to have. It was called, and it's a long name, uh, hypertrophic uh, idiopathic cardiomyopathy, um, and it's a, basically a weakness uh, of the heart because the muscle in the heart doesn't work well, and and so the heart doesn't pump enough blood. Uh, and there's really no cure for it. Uh, the heart is inflamed, and the only treatment uh, that you can provide uh, is a that's going to be long-lasting was a, a heart transplant procedure. Uh, today, uh-huh. heart trans heart transplants are performed pretty regularly in a lot of places. But uh, back when I was an intern, they were only being performed uh, at a very very few spots. And uh, my patient needed one. I presented my patient uh, to the uh, the leadership of the. Uh, of the hospital, uh, leadership of the uh, of the the uh, cardiology uh, cardiac surgery service, and I thought, uh, given the fact that he was completely otherwise healthy, he would be a perfect candidate. But uh, they made a decision to not let him have one based upon uh, a, an assumption that because his uh, he was a, a single parent home and his mother didn't have a, a, a an extensive education and she was working a couple jobs that. Uh, they made an assumption that uh, that that heart uh, would be wasted uh, on a ghetto kid, uh, and oh. that his mom wasn't going to make the appointments uh, that they would pr- that that somehow that that heart could go to someone else uh, 
that could do a better job with it. Uh, and they basically denied him a spot. Uh, and uh, and therefore, the, the young man over time uh, uh, died of his uh, of his disease. Uh, I remember mm. the, the, the hurt that I felt that, that as his doctor, I wasn't able to convince the other doctors to do it. Uh, I still to this day get angry about the decision that was made, but I was an intern and I obviously I couldn't uh, direct the, uh, the, the, the surgery chiefs and cardiology chiefs on, on, on uh, what to do. I did, uh, I did protest, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't accepted. Uh, and I look, look back on that. Uh, and I, and I, and I remember uh, how I felt uh, when uh, uh, that, that decision was made purely on racist assumptions. Uh, and Absolutely. that's not uncommon. You know, these kind of things happen uh, far more than people know. Well, that's why it's important to 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 share that. And uh, like I said, when I saw saw the video, uh, that particular story really um, hit me. Uh, so, so I mean, what what in the world do you say to the parents? How, how do you uh, deliver? You know uh, that notification. How do you look them in the face, uh, knowing what you know from the back room and the decision? You know, I can't. I can't. I can't imagine. Uh, well, I can't let me let that. me tell you exactly how that works. Uh, it's it's called being disingenuous, and the way that they handled it was that the uh, the cardiologist told the uh, the mother, who was very anxious, of course, that didn't necessarily know all of uh, the issues and didn't. Uh, was worried about whether she was going to be able to afford the uh, the surgery in the first place. They said uh, basically, uh, good news: we're going to use medical therapy, not surgical therapy. Uh, which to her meant my son is going to be treated with medicines, and and he doesn't need an operation, and that's going to work. What they didn't point out, of course, uh, was that uh, that in those in that in that at that time, the surgical procedure was the only thing that was really going to have any opportunity to save his life that it, that uh, the medical the medicines were going to lose effectiveness very quickly uh, and of course oh they did and so it's wow. called being disingenuous they didn't actually lie directly but they omitted the truth uh and uh, uh i remember that uh, like it was yesterday uh and uh yeah. and uh and it just bothers me to to this day that that actually happened wow well, Woody, that's uh, like I said, it, it is important to understand that uh, racism uh, uh, exists even in the professional ranks of doctors, lawyers, and 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 the like. It it is a pervasive uh, problem, and I, I want to dive a little deeper into that uh, here in just a moment. We're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires with my guest today, Doctor Woody Myers, and we'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, 
compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. Welcome back. We are here today with Dr. Woody Myers, the Democratic candidate for the governor of the state of Indiana. And he has taken a brief pause in his campaign schedule to join us today, and I am grateful for that. We were just talking about uh, how racism shows up in the uh, in the professional sphere of being a doctor or a lawyer. A, a lot of times we just are not consciously aware of, of the goings-on and, and how decisions are made and how many of those are affected by the blight of racism. So... Uh, so we're we're back, Woody. I I I was struck by something here recently that um, a, about a week ago I came across an article, and I think it was the governor of Michigan, and it was an article about her declaring the state of Michigan uh, declaring racism as a uh, public health crisis in the state of Michigan, and it went on to uh, the article went on to share that 19 states, along with numerous cities and counties in America have declared racism as a public health crisis. Um, and I wanted to discuss that with you because you're a doctor, and I, I want to know uh, about that. Uh, can, can you sort of share with the audience so that we can all learn about that? Because they just dropped that information in the news, but it didn't really go into any of the um, findings or any of the factual data that supports this this uh, declaration? Well, there's a great deal of data now, more so than ever before, that does support the notion that race is a very important factor in healthcare and public health. Uh, uh, so definitely it's a public health. Uh, racism is a definite public health problem in America today. Uh, and w one of the ways to think about it is uh, uh, the, uh, the, the creation of the notion of what we call social determinants of health. 
if anybody Googles uh, social determinants of health, you'll see lots of uh, different uh, uh, blogs and articles and discussion points about it. Uh, basically, what it says is that if you are poorly educated, if you have lower income, uh, if you don't have good access to ed uh, to information, uh, like you don't have a good internet uh, uh, system in your home, and you don't be, and you're not able to get good news information and and uh, information about access to services, or if you don't have uh, food, uh, uh, healthy food in your neighborhood, if you're living in a food desert, or if you don't have health insurance. These are all social determinants of health, and, and the absence of any one of those things uh, re, re, uh, really uh, affects your ability to both get and, and receive, uh, uh, get good healthcare services and receive good outcomes from those services. And that's what uh, I think uh, generates a number of what we call healthcare disparities. Uh, okay. So you might ask the question, for instance, uh, why is it that uh, African-Americans have more diabetes or suffer from heart attacks or strokes or, you know, name a different disease. Uh, and there are different aspects of those social determinants of health that cause that. Uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and what we're learning in research today in public health especially is that if you correct uh, the social determinants of health, the outcomes will improve. Uh, and that's been a relatively recent notion in terms of the public health and the political community uh, accepting that. Uh, in the medical community, we've known about it uh, uh, for, since I, uh, I was a pre-med student. Uh, but mm -hmm. nonetheless, today, uh, now it's becoming much more accepted as a political uh, issue. Uh, and that, that's why you're seeing uh, public health departments uh, uh, be uh, or, uh, as, as being encouraged by their governors or city health departments uh, being encouraged by their mayors uh, to to look at public health uh, uh, racism as a public health problem. Wow, you know, I mean, to 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 arrive at that at that place that and the case that you just made, I, it, I don't know, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but it seems to me like it's logical. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if a person doesn't have access to food, they probably got a poor health outcome if, if a person <laughs> i don't i don't know about the book knowledge piece but again it sort of reminds me of the same thing that happens in the legal system um right. uh if, if you you know the, the the person with the purse you know wins the case uh and so these these systems feel sort of bought and paid for and if you are not a person that has you know sort of the proverbial table stakes you can't even get in the game you know you're going to jail you know what I mean? That's, You're probably going to die. <laughs> I mean, does that make well, sense? It, it, it manifests itself in, in, in different ways for different diseases. But let me give you a good example. Let's say you've got okay. uh, uh, diabetes. Uh, uh, diabetes means that you need to take in a very good diet, lots of fruits and vegetables. Uh, you have to restrict your, your use of sugar. Uh, and uh, you absolutely don't need or want obesity because that makes the diabetes worse, not better. Uh, and okay. so uh, if you're living in a food desert, uh, that means that you don't have easy access to fruits and vegetables. And, and so many uh, uh, African-Americans live in the urban uh, core of the city frequently with, and th there's no regular grocery store nearby. So I've seen it myself. Uh, folks go to the local gas station uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and get uh, food for dinner. Uh, so, you know, mm. what can you buy in a local gas station? You can buy potato chips, you can buy cookies, 
you can buy uh, salted snacks. You can buy uh, soda pop. And, and I've literally seen kids uh, being given a few dollars by parents uh, uh, or, 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 or relatives to go to the gas station to get dinner. Uh, and they they go and they buy something like I just listed, and they take it home in the little plastic bags. That's what they're eating that night. Uh, and for people that have diabetes, uh, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's, it's a surefire way to make the diabetes worse, uh, not better. Uh, what you really need are apples and oranges and vegetables and salads and and lean meats and protein uh, to to make sure that your body is getting the nutrition it needs without the excess of fat uh, and, 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 and the other toxins that, that you find in, in some of these foods. And so it's just uh, uh, a shame that, uh, that, that that is one of the reasons why we have more deaths in, a, in the black community, especially uh, from diabetic ketoacidosis, which is a complication of diabetes. Uh, and of course, people don't think about it a lot, but diabetes causes heart disease. Uh, diabetes uh, accelerates the process by which you're your arteries in your heart get blocked. Uh, and uh, when they get blocked, that's what causes a heart attack or causes the heart muscle to not be able to pump blood or causes you to possibly have a stroke. Uh, all of these complications of diabetes really hurt us far more than people realize. Uh, and, and diet is a key part of it. So it's just one example of how these yeah, social yeah. Uh, determinants of health uh, actually affect healthcare outcomes. Wow. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just really needed someone to, to, to lay out that case because just to see the data, um, and the statements, uh, without, you know, I mean, breaking it down for the average person, I, I just really felt like I was at a loss in trying to really understand that. Not that it's not valid, but, uh, just trying to hear the case that's being made. So I want to jump right now, though, to your run for governor. Uh, so you are running for governor. Um, clearly, you had started your campaign. Uh, you said 14 months you've been in the game now. So <clears throat> to look at that, that clearly preceded uh, any uh, influence of the George Floyd incident or even the pandemic, for that matter. Uh, your candidacy preceded that. And so the question I have for you, Woody, is how has that, incident of both the pandemic as well as the Black Lives Matter and, and the, the sort of racial um, uh, bubbling socially uh, and, and conscious awareness uh, activities, how has that affected your campaign? And has it given it even more purpose and meaning, perhaps? Because both of these things are things that are attached to you. You're a medical doctor. We're talking about a pandemic. You were talking, you know, we're talking about Black Lives Matter. You're a black man, and I, I, I just am very curious if you would uh, let us know how that has affected or played a role in uh, certainly not in in the initial candidacy because clearly you you were there before all of this. But uh, how has that played into your strategy or or shored up your sure. yeah. When we first started the uh, campaign, the, the key issues that we talked about were uh, uh, education, especially K through 12 education, the economy, especially as it affects those at the lower end of uh, the spectrum of, of jobs and income. Uh, we, we were talking about uh, environmental uh, justice uh, and uh, 
climate change. Uh, Indiana brings a lot of coal and a lot of pollutants that enter the air as a result, and that means that that we have uh, higher rates of uh, of uh, of lung disease uh, as a result of of the those those particulates that are in the air, and and then our water uh, gets uh, poisoned uh, by sometimes abandoned factories that leak toxic toxic uh, substances into the groundwater. Um, and in addition, uh, uh, we have an infrastructure that has older pipes in it, and some of those pipes will uh, leach uh, lead into the water, and that's uh, what happened up in East Chicago, Indiana, and they had to close down a whole neighborhood. It was not quite as bad as Flint, uh, Michigan, but it was a similar kind of a problem. Uh, so all mm. of those are the things that we talked about before uh, COVID uh, and before George Floyd, uh, and, and now we're talking about those things uh, uh, just as much as not more today through the lens of George uh, Floyd, through the lens of COVID-19, because what COVID-19 has done is that it's uh, really exposed the problems in our healthcare uh, system and our public health uh, uh, structure in Indiana even more so uh, because of mm-hmm. inadequacies in testing, inadequacies uh, uh, in, uh, in uh, getting folks uh, treated, inadequacies uh in how our state organizes around public health. Uh, uh, we, we have seen uh, problems that COVID has caused in our education system. Uh, Bill, one of the, the saddest things that, I mean, the, the assumption that we made uh, as, a, as, a, as a state that uh, we could switch uh, uh, from uh, in-person education overnight into, uh, into virtual education. And, and, and you know what happened is that that worked okay in a lot of communities where uh, the kids all had their own computers and the kids uh, knew how to use them and the teachers already had hardware and software in place uh, uh, and, right. uh, and, and where there was Wi-Fi and broadband and, and the Internet in the home. But then in, in, in many of our urban centers like uh, Gary and in parts of Indianapolis and in Muncie and Evansville, Indiana, other places like that, uh, that those assumptions are just wrong. Uh, and even right, if there is right. a computer in the home, then mom or dad trying to use it to get their job done. And, and there's right. three or four kids that are trying to share it. And, and no, there's not Wi-Fi in the home. Uh, Wi-Fi costs money, and that's not, uh, uh, that's not in the budgets of so many. And so education suffered as a result of the, the changeover to virtual, uh, and that was a result of, of COVID-19. So COVID-19 exposed uh, those kinds of weaknesses that we have in public health and in education and many more as well. Uh, it exposed the vulnerability, Bill, of our essential workers. Uh, 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 essential worker means that uh, we depend upon you to do something every single day. Otherwise, our lives don't work. Uh, and uh, and uh, the, the essential worker has a lot of different categories for it, of course. And uh, But most often we mean folks in retail, like in grocery stores and folks that are uh, that are providing uh, uh, services uh, uh, as uh, first responders and so on, and, and uh, folks that uh, produce our food. I mean, those are the folks uh, that uh, are in that category, and uh, right. and many of them are are uh, African American and Hispanic people uh, that, uh, that, uh, that disproportionately are exposed to the coronavirus in those jobs, and and has uh, as a result now have a higher rate of infection, um, and, yeah. uh, and and that, that is a disparity. So, uh, <laughs> what you can see through coronavirus and and through 
uh, George Floyd. Uh, uh, it's just a, a, a series of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of results uh, uh, that uh, that were in many respects there before, uh, but now have been exposed even more. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because when you when you were just describing the 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 educational uh, disparity with the uh, lower income folks who don't have that computer and that access to Wi-Fi. It, it was it's like it's feeding right back in, you know what I mean, to to what we yeah. started with when you were explaining, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, well, the education of the parents and and the access to these things. Well, they're not good candidates for good health. You, you see what I mean? So it, it's like this vicious cycle. Um for for these reasons, you know, and these assumptions that were made, were, which were wrongly made, uh, uh, certainly. Um, I used to, to I used to be a school teacher, and I was at Short Ridge when it was a junior high, and uh, I was the theater magnet teacher there. And uh, yeah, you cannot make those assumptions that these kids have that kind of level of uh, technology uh, uh, at their fingertips and the sophistication and, and the economic to support it and pay for the Wi-Fi and everything else. Woody, we're going to take a little break right now, but I'm, I'm fascinated by this. And again, I'm grateful that you're here, and we're going to continue this in just a minute. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and my guest today is Dr. Woody Myers, and we've been talking about uh, racism and its effect in healthcare and uh, the the and education and so on and so forth. Uh, Dr. Myers is the Democratic nominee for governor of the state of Indiana and uh, hub of the universe. By the way, that's where we're coming from, <laughs> Indianapolis, Indiana. In case you didn't know, um, so so Woody, I. Um, but before we went to break, we were sort of exploring your uh, 
your uh, concerns, your platform uh, points that you are running on for governor. First of all, are you, are you the first African American to run for governor? Am I? Am I I'm, I'm the first one to. Uh, I'm the first African American to receive the nomination of this party uh, for governor in, in Indiana, uh, Bill. Uh, there have only been uh, uh, three uh, African American governors uh, in America in the history of our country. Uh, uh, Doug Wilder in Virginia, uh, yeah. Deval Patrick in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, and David Patterson. Uh, although David wasn't elected, he he fulfilled the uh, a term. Uh, uh, of another governor, uh, but uh, uh, I would be the, the only the third uh, elected uh, African American uh, to the position of governor uh, in in the history of the United States. Wow. Well, that is that is certainly uh, a big wow, and uh, I certainly wish you all the best of luck on that. And I'm willing to do whatever we need to do to help you help you get there. Uh, so, so what challenges? Are you are you facing at this time as you look at where your campaign is? What do we have? Oh, two months left. I mean, we're, we're closing well, in pretty se- quick here. Seventy-four days left. Uh, uh, the the elections on the uh, November third. We 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 are uh, dealing uh, with the the uh, the difficulty that one has uh, when you uh, are uh, uh, going up against, of course, an incumbent uh, 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 candidate. Uh, uh, and then it's uh, our uh, our campaign activities have been, of course, hampered uh, by COVID-19 because people are not not able to gather uh, in ways right. that uh, we've gathered in the past. And so, uh, for instance, uh, fundraisers typically are events of 10 to 30 people. Uh, uh, so everybody gets a chance to speak with the uh, candidate. Typically, you have refreshments and little speeches and and typically, people will provide uh, uh, some donations to your campaign. All of those got canceled, of course, in in, uh, in March and uh, in April, especially. And those were prime time. Uh, that was the prime time to raise funds. Uh, and sure. so, uh, clearly, fundraising has been uh, affected, not just for our campaign, but for many uh, campaigns around the nation. Uh, so we've had to switch to more online efforts, of course, uh, and to uh, and to make sure that uh, we were able to communicate our message uh, through social media, so we've had to adapt. Uh, and, sure. But, you know, that I, I, I you have to go with what you go with the flow. And then, as an ICU doctor, as a critical care medicine uh, uh, physician, you're you're used to getting surprises. Uh, you're used to getting uh, right. information <laughs> that's not, not not always positive about your patient. So you've got to react to that information and then move forward. So. That's what we've had to do That's in our it. campaign. So we're working hard. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Well, it sounds much like a jazz musician. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this song is, but I'm gonna play it anyway. Um, so yeah, that that that's awesome. So I want to give you a moment right now. If there is um, a website or contact information that you would like to share with the public, because certainly I want to see to it that you're able to get whatever. Uh, support that you can get. So I'm going to let you have it for a second, and you can let everybody know where they can go, what they can do to to assist you. That would be awesome. Well, that's uh, very kind of you. Our website is uh, uh, drwoodymyers.com. It's D-R, uh, uh, Woody is W-O-O-D-Y, and Myers is spelled the same way your name is, uh, Bill. Thank goodness, uh, M-Y-E-R-S. <laughs> uh, we 
those MEY people drive you kind of crazy sometimes, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they do. And we couldn't afford that extra E, so that's just the way I lay it down, man. <laughs> so www.drwoodymyers.com is our website. Uh, our, our social media is at Dr. Woody Myers. Uh, uh, our YouTube is Dr. Woody Myers. Our, our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so if you remember Dr. Woody Myers, so you can get to all of our various sources of information and our videos, uh, and you could certainly learn about our campaign policy positions. And hopefully, uh, after taking a look around, that uh, you'll be uh, willing to uh, contribute. Uh, we've got, uh, 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 as I said, 74 days to go. Uh, we we have a lot of things that we want to accomplish uh, in in this last 74 days to get our message out. So. Uh, any help uh, that can be provided, and, and that's a problem too, uh, Bill. Think about it. I mean, here we are now in an era where we've gone to, to about 15% unemployment, uh, plus or minus, uh, and then you know that that doesn't really represent the economic challenge that we have uh, in our state and in our nation. A, a lot of people don't get overtime anymore. Had to take salary reductions. Went from three jobs mm-hmm. to two jobs or one job and. And, and so technically they're employed, but they're not employed like they used to be. And and uh, right. and then not to and then the people that aren't getting their 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 unemployment checks as a result of what's happening in the the the, the White House uh, and in Washington D.C. All of those challenges made it has have made it uh, tougher uh, for the average person to be able to uh, help us. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we, we're we're going to keep moving. Uh, we're going to not let this uh, uh, this COVID nineteen or George Floyd. Uh, 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 reaction or backlash, none of that is going to stop us. Uh, we're going to keep working hard every single day. We're going to make our case for racial justice in Indiana through our criminal justice reform plan, our K-12 through education plan, our plan to improve health care and to attack the virus, uh, COVID-19 uh, illness in our state. All of those things are on our website. We talk about them every day, uh, and we're going to keep working as hard as we possibly can to, to make this uh, 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 campaign successful because uh, I believe Indiana is ready for and needs to change. I, I, you know, that's that's very exciting, and I, I agree with you. And uh, I, I just wanted to take a minute to 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 uh, uh, reflect on uh, you, your name, Mr. Myers, and and my name, Mr. Myers, and uh, the fact that uh, you know I don't know how many times you've been stopped and asked if you were connected to the other Myers family, but I know. <laughs> That I've logged in plenty of those. It happens all the time, you know, and uh, it's always a, a, a point of, of a good laugh because I think that uh, the roots of your family and mine, I think, both came through Christmas Attics in about 1932. I think they were in the exact same class. Uh, my grandfather and uh, maybe it was perhaps your father or, or something. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, oh, there's... You're right that they. Uh, my dad was one of the early uh, uh, graduates of Christmas Addicts. Uh, in fact, a lot of his brothers and sisters went to Christmas Addicts as well. Uh, uh-huh. and, uh, and and back in the old days, and people forget that Christmas Addicts High School was set up uh, uh, by uh, the um, the state of Indiana to uh, to segregate uh, students uh, because right. they didn't want African American students going to other high schools. Uh, uh, what they didn't think about was the fact that there would be excellence uh, within this uh, school, and the teachers that that were uh, asked to uh, to teach the students there were really terrific. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, all that to say, 
Yeah, they were state, like the best in the country, of, right? Yeah, one of the best in the country at the time, of course, and it's still going. It's still going strong. Uh, Christmas Addicts is a medical magnet school for uh, for the uh, uh, Indianapolis public school system. I went to Shortridge, I believe, like you did, uh, or, yeah, I, or well, you worked at Shortridge. Yeah, I worked uh, at Shortridge, but all my all my my dad and and all of those all of my uh, aunts and uncles they were all at Shortridge. When you were there, I mean, they were all—they <laughs> all went to Short Ridge, Blue Devils. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I told—I told Mike, uh, Mike Myers, I was telling him that we were going to be—that you were going to be on the show today, and he said, "Make sure you take a moment and address this Myers thing." I said, "I absolutely will." <laughs> so, Woody, we're going to take a brief pause, and we'll come back here in just a moment. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. <clears throat> and now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You are Listening to Bill Myers Inspires, I am Bill Myers, your host, and my special guest today is Dr. Woody Myers, Democratic candidate for the governor of the state of Indiana. And I am so grateful that he is here with us today. And I wanted to to just give you a moment, uh, uh, Woody, I, I, after I saw your video on Tuesday, I thought it odd, and maybe it's just me being out of the loop, but uh, I, I believe I came across an article just yesterday um, from uh, Governor Holcomb addressing race like a big press conference. And I thought, wow, that seems uncanny that it just happened right after I saw your video uh, talking about racism. And I, I just kind of wondered about that, if that was just kind of a coincidence or strategy. Well, I, I, I don't know uh, how to interpret his timing other than it's much too little and much too late. Uh, uh, my <laughs> opponent has been in office now for almost four years, and he decides to address uh, the issues of racism and disparities uh, uh, for the uh, for the first time in a significant way, 75 days before his reelection. 
uh, mm. campaign. Uh, and, and, and so it's just uh, the timing to me is awful uh, in, in the sense that uh, it's, it's perfectly well designed uh, to uh, to confuse people into thinking uh, that this is an issue that he truly cares about. If he really cared about it, he would have done something three or four years ago. We'd be now evaluating the success or or the failures associated with his uh, efforts. Uh, and, and it, you know, his predecessor, his previous boss, Mike Pence, would have done that. Uh, he didn't do it. It's been his boss, our previous predecessor, Mitch Daniels, would have done it, and Mitch didn't do it. So. Uh, I just think uh, uh, we've had Republican governors now for almost 16 years, and here it is, uh, uh, 15 years and almost uh, uh, the 16th year anniversary, uh, and and uh, and now it's an issue. Uh, uh, I just uh, don't buy it as being either uh, a coincidence or, or sincere. Um, and uh, yeah. there's very little in the uh, in the announcement yesterday that uh, we can really uh, trust. Uh, and depend on. I mean, there's a new position that was announced, but we don't have any idea what the budget or power of the position will be. There, there were other changes that were suggested as well that will require appropriations. And of course, the legislature doesn't meet to January, well after the election. Uh, so uh, right. I just know that uh, uh, there are a lot of questions. Right, right. Well, I, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I happened to catch a, uh, it, may, it may have been a Facebook Live, uh, maybe your show, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, was it Wednesdays with Woody? Is that, is that what it is? Or, but but I, I was listening to your conversation, and you were talking about, let me get this straight. You were talking about um, the state of Indiana uh, and its racist history, and you were citing the uh, one of the probably the the most famous or infamous, I guess would be the proper way of referring to it, uh, photograph of of racism uh, of a lynching that um, oftentimes is the photograph whenever the topic of lynching comes up. That is uh, the the two gentlemen that were that were lynched and that that was in, uh, uh, was that, uh, Marion, Marion, Indiana. Right. Uh, Marion, Indiana. right in front of the, uh, right in front of the courthouse. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, this was back, uh, almost exactly, uh, 90 minutes ago, or excuse me, uh, 90 years ago. Uh, and, uh, and that lynching, uh, uh, seared in my mind because of the fact that about 10 to 15,000, uh, uh, people, presumably Hoosiers, uh, showed up uh, for it uh, to to uh, picnic and pose for pictures. Uh, and uh, anybody that doesn't believe it, just Google it. You'll see it for yourself. And it just is a very sad commentary. That if you read the story about those two young men, they were accused of a sexual assault on a Caucasian woman who later said that she uh, made it up and uh, didn't happen. And uh, all of those yeah. things uh, just uh, disgust me today. And, it also disgusts yeah. me that uh, uh, that uh, the the the, uh, the the state of Indiana just won't address its past uh, so that we can be, have a better future. And that's one of the reasons I decided to run, Bill. Uh, either I could sit around and complain about it and write op-eds all day, or I can roll up my sleeves and give the voters a choice. And I decided to do the latter. Well, I'm so glad that that you are doing that uh, and uh, and 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 bringing attention to. These kinds of issues that that matter uh, that matter, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, the, uh, the lives of Hoosiers matters, 
um, our history matters and uh, and our absence uh, in in addressing some of these things uh, is is sometimes appalling for sure. So I want to thank you for being here today. I know that you are again on on a campaign schedule and trying to make the most of of your time in virtual land and trying to meet and greet as best you can with gloves and mask on, (laughs) (laughs) which you must be, you know, at home with that being a doctor, uh, you know, spending so much time with, with that material. I I know how to wear a mask and a a gown and a glove, something I've done uh, a lot, but uh, you you typically didn't do it outside in public, but uh, nonetheless, we're adapting and as everybody's going to have to adapt, because this virus is going to be with us uh, for for years, and this will be part of the new normal. So let's get used to it. Let's put our mask on, and let's uh, let's protect each other and ourselves. Bill, thank you Absolutely. for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for being with us today, Woody. And uh, I want to wish you the very best on your campaign, and I hope that you. Uh, that you need and that you're able to continue to push this message out there and uh, I, I know that I appreciate hearing it and, and I'm sure that there are many fellow Hoosiers who also appreciate your attention to the uh, to the areas that you are uh, raising up and bringing attention to so thank you well, thank, thank you. you thank you yes sir much, so much I know that, sir. oh you are so very welcome and so I am grateful to have you here with us. I know that you are going to be leaving us here in just a yes, moment sir. because you've got to move on to the next stop. So, again, I thank you for being with us today, and I wish you all the best, and I'll be talking with you soon. I'd like that very much. Let's, let's continue the conversation and continue the to the, the fight because that's what we've got to do. Absolutely, absolutely. So you have been listening to Dr. Woody Myers, Democratic candidate for the governor of the state of Indiana and an esteemed medical doctor who is, uh, has done his, his share in, in, in the medical community and the public health community, and we're grateful for all of his efforts. You've been listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday.